Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're here. You made it. It's the number one most downloaded episode in the five years of doing the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. This is a crazy story. And honestly, one of the reasons why I love today's story is it's not done up and gussied up like you see on social media. You know, people who post the stories about like their revolutionary idea and how they went from like making no money to now they're multimillionaires like a month later. And you're kind of like, come on, really? Today we have John Charles Wilker who joined the podcast, uh, I guess about two years ago maybe, and he's the palette king. He's a guy who really, he tells a story of true entrepreneurship, seeing an opportunity, a stack of dirty palettes on the side of the road, and having an idea, an idea of, huh, can I make a business out of that? And he's made a big business out of it. He's doing extremely well. You're going to love today's episode, and I hope it inspires you to do some amazing stuff yourself for your own business and maybe whatever side hustles you got cooking that could be your full-time gig. Thanks for following along for this full top 10 countdown. And before we dive into the episode, here's a quick word for one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. Be back soon. There's one single piece of advice that I give to business owners who are ready to scale their business drastically, and that's knowing exactly what you need to hand off so that you can continue focusing on what you're an expert in. It amazes me when I talk to business owners who are doing their own bookkeeping and tax prep, and worse, that they're going through all this paperwork at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, even midnight, slaving away trying to make sense of all of the numbers for their business. Business owners who are making it happen have already figured out that you can't do it all yourself. That's why I recommend Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions. Not only is he an expert in bookkeeping and tax prep, but what I love about Steve is that he'll sit down with you and help you make sense of the value of your business beyond just reading a spreadsheet. You'll be able to make better decisions and more importantly, you're going to save yourself the crucial time you would have spent going through QuickBooks or an Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is that keeps us up late at night. So save yourself some time and some money by giving Steve Lay a call at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond your numbers. Go to equitybusinesssolutionsllc.com to find out more. You know, wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, I have a special episode today and I call it a special episode because a lot of times when we think about entrepreneurship, we can be a bit creative with it. We can be a bit imaginative with it. In fact, we often think of these really massive plans, these really huge disruptors. And yet time and again, it's these simple ideas that actually can be not only incredibly lucrative for you, but can actually be really amazing, sustainable businesses. In fact, we're talking today with a friend of mine, John Charles Wilker, who's joining us today. He's got a couple things going for him. First of all, he's running a YouTube channel with over 20,000 subscribers to it. He also runs The Simplest Biz. You can find out more at thesimplestbizforyou.com. And for 20 years, he's been flipping pallets and making a killing off it. I'm really excited for this episode. You're going to get so many great tangible insights today. John, it's so great to have you. I appreciate it, Blake. I'm glad to be here. And every time I hear people, you know, just throw the the business model out about flipping pallets, it it I it, I don't know, it's not super sexy or or uh, glamorous sounding. But I think the more we talk about this, if people stay tuned, uh, they're going to 
find some things that are going to make their head kind of tilt and go, I did not know that. So I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm excited for it. And I, it's, it's so funny to me because I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day who's wanting to become an entrepreneur, wants to start a side mm-hmm. hustle. And he was like, you know, what can I do? What should I do? And I was like, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. You could cut grass, you could wash yeah. windows. I mean, there's, there's so many things you can do as a side hustle that, you know, entrepreneurs are often like a creative type and they do right. think of this very massive, like no one's ever done this before. Mm-hmm. And so it's always really, I think, empowering when someone like you comes on where it's like, okay, yeah, that, that seems to make sense. Like this actually works. Like this is a, an actual business. So yeah. Uh, and and, and I, don't mean that, I don't mean that rudely. I just mean it like, no. that's what I think is so powerful about when we kind of take away the sexiness of entrepreneurship and we start thinking about, okay, what is an actual sustainable model that is, is doable for the average listener? So right. having said that, yeah, let's, know, go ahead. Yeah. One thing I want to kind of dive into as well, uh, we'll get into the business model in a second, but you know, this particular one, once you learn about it, you'll realize it allows you to do other things as well because of the time premium it gets you. So let's say you have an online business or something. And they, as you know, it, it takes a lot of brain power and knowledge to get those types of things going. I wanted to expose you to this model for some people who a lot of think times think about these business models that are online. This can give you revenue flow on a consistent basis in a short order to where you're able to spend that time devoted to another online business as well and really have a more than full-time income with the, the, the pallet business to grow something else. And it gives you options, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to get that out of the way to get people in the right mindset to think about this and, and not just maybe as a singular business, which it can be, but also as a vehicle to do other things in your life that you've maybe had on the back burner. Yeah. So, so give us like the scoop, like how did this, I mean, 20 years in the pallet business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> give me give me a, the scoop, the story. How did this come about? I mean, it's, it, it's so intriguing to me. Just like, like what, everything. What yeah, everything like in life, a lot of times it's random and you don't see it coming. I was doing remodeling back in 98 and had a partner. His name was Dane. And um, one day we went to a job. It was in December and the there was a note on the door. They, they had to go out of town. The job fell through. We had nothing else to do for the rest of the week. It was a bathroom remodel. And he, we got back in the car. I said, well, what do you want to do, Dane? We don't have anything lined up. And he said, well, let's go pick up some pallets. I go, what's a pallet? You know? <laughs> um, and uh, he said, you know, those wooden things that warehouses use to move stuff around or they ship stuff out or they get stuff in. I'm going, right. okay, well, why have pallets, All right. All right. Well, anyway, the first place we go to, my numbers are right. The first place, yeah, 1,500 pallets, the first place we went to. It was literally about seven, eight blocks away from where we were. And we stumbled through the whole process. And back then, believe me, what I'm about to describe, I don't do it like this now. But back then, we were having to actually physically load those pallets. I don't know how we got the deal, but we stumbled through it just out of charisma, I guess. But um, got that, got, they gave them those these pallets to us for free. So yeah, right there, there's, there's the, uh, all right, where do I get, where else can I get my inventory for free, right? Yeah. So back then also, we, we didn't have any business to sell them to. We, so we sold them to a, a, a pallet yard and it was only one style they take. And that particular business had a few different other styles. We didn't know how to deal with it. Regardless, volume, backbreaking back in the day. Um, don't do that anymore, right? Uh, we made some good money. The next day we come across the place, had a couple thousand pallets. 
And I'm, I was just like overwhelmed with the amount to start with because I'd never noticed them before. So we we're only getting a buck, buck $52 a piece for them back then. And um, that, you know, a few days in, I realized we were taking to the pallet area. So where are those pallets we brought yesterday? And I'm going, oh, well, they're selling to a business. Dane, we got to figure out who these businesses are. And we got to go out there and figure this out because I, I've never seen a model where I get my, my, my product for free. Right. So that being the case, I told him to meet me there the next morning. And we're going to start a little journey here and, and, and go down this road. And he didn't show up. He um, he was infatuated with this girl. She was quite cute, I have to admit. But he ran off with her. I never saw him again. And I'm stuck here with this uh, idea in my head, yeah. trying to figure it out. And that journey started at that point. And now I have it. I don't lift pallets. Now I don't sell a pallet yards. I have actual businesses. I get my product for free. I don't warehouse them. I don't sort them. I'm going from point A with a load of pallets that are, that are loaded on my truck by their, the supplier's forklift driver, driving three blocks down the road to a business that needs them, that ships their stuff out. And I'm writing out an invoice just for numbers sake, you know, 120 pallets times seven bucks. Mm -hmm. And it takes about 35 minutes to do that process. I just repeat that mm -hmm. a few times each morning, take the rest of the day off, go play golf, record music, you know, whatever I want to do that day. And I repeat it, you know, five days a week. I actually have somebody who does it for me on Fridays as well. Um, so that's the, the, the simplified version of what the business model is. But what you got to know is who these businesses are and what their issues are and their problems are. Sure. And questions. That's all that type of stuff we can get. Yeah. Into. Yeah. And, you know, and, and of course there is like the business acumen part of it, like actually managing a business, running a business. Um, I just, but I just yeah. love the, the origin story. I mean, again, and I don't want to harp too much on this, but it it's, and maybe it's just, I've been having too many of these conversations lately but it just feels like entrepreneurs in general, it, it feels like they're just looking for that, that mag, that massive idea rather than actually good. It's funny you say that because actually my whole life, I've been trying to figure out something more simple, you know, <laughs> remodeling houses is not simple. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. I was working for a tyrant, you know, for a couple of uh, family owned businesses at one point. And, uh, I realized I cannot work for anybody. I don't want to work, especially the type of people I was working for. And I, I remember saying to somebody back in the early nineties, if I could just, I would, I wouldn't care if I had a hot dog stand and I was buying low and selling high, just, you know, I'm all about keeping it simple with a high profit, keeping my life simple. But these pallets ended up being like my hot dog stand that I'd been looking for. Um, but I was getting them for free or they were paying me to take them away large <laughs> quantities yeah. and then selling them. So it was even better than that. And once I found it, you know, I always related to that story and I said, I gravitated toward it and grabbed all of it. And I I'm grateful this, to this day that I, I didn't go after that grandiose complicated stuff. Yeah. Um, people now, right. And having to figure out the stuff on the internet that's grandiose and hard. It's very difficult to learn all this stuff as far as the online stuff goes. I'll take the pallets any day. Yeah. So, I mean, I can only assume like, I'm just, I'm just kind of mentally walking through like your first big sale with the pallets. I mean, there has to have been a moment where you were like, oh, that was kind of cool. 
And then like this curiosity of, of, okay, hang on a second. Could I actually do this full time? Like, can I leave the remodeling business entirely? Like, what was that like? I never went back, (laughs) you know, because I went, I went crazy at first, not the right way. I was doing it wrong back in 1998. I only knew about that one size palette or thought that's the only thing that was feasible. So I, I was painting myself in corners and all that kind of thing, but I dove in the deep end and I literally would get up in the morning. That morning, he didn't show up. I saw 40 businesses that day. I saw 40 businesses the next day. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what the questions to ask. I didn't know what the problems were. I was trying to figure that out along the way, right? And I, I screwed up some great deals that I should have had. But regardless, at the end of that week, I had 12 suppliers and six buyers. Okay. And it was very stressful because of the way I'd set it up, unlike what I do now, right? The way I go about it. But that being said, those accounts added up to around $80,000 in accounts per year, right? And I just worked it from that point. So I was only making about 78000 doing remodeling back then. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I never went back. I never had to. Um, it was a life-changing type scenario. And, and I, I just had gotten a taste of being a business for myself, working with Dane, and, and, and away from working for somebody else. So, yeah, I just dove in the deep end. And it took me years to really perfect the model the way I do it now. Sure. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, learning about this particular industry where I can actually consult businesses um, instead of uh, I got pallets, you need pallets. There's a lot more to it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know you have uh, some online content <laughs> that people can opt in for um, to just learn from you and kind of understand some of these concepts. And again, those of you who are listening, you can check out the simplest biz for you. That's with the letter U. Um, well, they com. actually can go now. I tw- they can go to the simplestbiz.com too. Now. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. Well, um, so when you started like explaining this to like relatives, family, <laughs> I mean, was anyone in disbelief? Like, or I mean, did people like call you like the palette guy or <laughs> like what, I, was, what I named myself, like? I named myself the palette king at first. <laughs> and, um, and I had people like, is this really real? You know, I had one guy, he was like my tormentor. He, oh, you're just stealing pallets. Or so how many pallets did you steal today? Right. That never still, these businesses that we're dealing with don't, they, they want them gone. They are a nuisance. They are a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a rat infestation. They're a fire hazard, you know, Um, but some people didn't realize that. And here's the thing. It's such an out of left field business. People I would tell it to going, Really? That's, I mean, they got their attention. You get them for free. And here's what also happens. You tell people about this and they never noticed it. They've never noticed it before. And then they go out and every day they start seeing them. Tons of them. They're all over the place. You just, they're just invisible. So part of me kept this under my hat for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I told my family and, you know, a couple of friends at all, but here's the funny story is, I had other people. I didn't tell anybody a thing about it. And I had other businesses as well because it allowed me time to build out some other type businesses because um, I'd be done at 9, 30, 10 in the morning. So the story of how I started telling people about this is kind of funny because I had a friend come over from uh, Atlanta 
and on some other business. And I went, oh, crap, I got a couple of deliveries today. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I'd known him for a couple of years. So again, I kept it under my hat. And he rode around with me. We pulled in a couple of thousand dollars in a couple of hours. And he turned to me, he said, this is brilliant. Will you teach me how to do it? So there's that other light bulb moment, uh, yeah. you know, and you're going, wait a minute. Why should, why should I have all the fun? I yeah. should teach other people how to do this. That started that whole journey of, of uh, the course and stuff that I teach other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, an entrepreneur for 20 plus years now, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're sharing your, your insights, which again, I, I can't help but think there must be so much tangible and practical with what you're teaching your students. Um, cause you've done it. I mean, you, you've done it for 20 plus years and you've been out there actually, you know, building your side hustle into an actual business right. uh, that's fed your family and been, I mean, you talk about being done at nine thirty. Yeah. I mean, being done at nine 30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, yeah. How's that for freedom? Right. I mean, people listening who they commute two hours a day and they work eight to five and they get home, you know, they eat a meal and go to bed. I mean, <laughs> Well, let me give you a little analogy just so people can get the concept of this. It, it's it, Once you have the business set up, you're like an Uber driver, but for pallets. So instead of one passenger in your backseat, you have 120 passengers in your backseat. They're each paying you seven, eight, nine dollars a piece. And you're only having to drive them three blocks down the road and they don't throw up in your backseat at 3 a.m. in the morning, right? Yeah. And those same same customers or a different set of them will be there next week for you to pick up and deliver as well. So that's the end goal. The the, the main goal, though, is, all right, well, I got to figure out who these businesses are and how to help them, how to serve them the right way. That process took years to really perfect and really expand my offerings as well. So it's not just pallets. It's pallets and crates and dunnage mm-hmm. and wire spools and 55-gallon drums and corrugated boxes and Gaylord boxes. Boxes. All this stuff's out there by the billions. I, I, again, I'm sorry I didn't want to jump ahead, but you said I could interrupt. A thought came to my mind. There's three things people should know why, uh, that are lo- listening to this about pallets, just to give you an overall concept. 85% of all commerce is moved on pallets. So it touches everything, mm. right? You know, look off of Long Beach, all those containers are full of pallets, right? Every truck you see on the road is full of pallets. It moves the whole world. The world cannot operate without them, but nobody sees them. Number two, there's 2.5 billion pallets in the United States circulating. There's nine point something billion in the, in the world. So it's a mountain of them. And just to hit that point home, 65% of all lumber produced in the United States is used to build pallets or repair pallets. It's amazing statistics. I mean, you're talking about an industry that you don't have to worry about scarcity. You know, it doesn't sound seasonal. Um, I, I would actually oh. even assume it's in terms of seasonal, there's even just hot months. You know, I'm guessing the holidays or just when consumer purchasing is up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's constant. Not because it's not just Amazon. We're talking about moving stuff. It, it's business to business. Everything's, you know, since the Internet exploded, which even exploded more during COVID because people that were scared of ordering on the Web started doing it now. So that just creates a swarm of, 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 of movement of shipping, right? Of movement of items, of raw materials and actual finished goods. So the whole, we're at capacity right now. You know, we can't move all the stuff as quickly as we can, as, as needed. We need other 60,000 truck drivers out there. 
but every truck that's available on the road right now is moving. You know, they built, they built millions upon millions upon millions of square footage space of warehouses last year, knowing what's coming, how the world's changing right now. And on every square foot of that, uh, that floor space, there's pallets, there's inventory on top of pallets, or there's businesses that get their inventory off, they take it off the pallet, and they don't know what to do with the pallet. It's a byproduct. They, they're done with it. They don't yeah. need it anymore. That's my supplier. That's my warehouse now. Right? Yeah. Man, you must you must dream pallets. I mean, you know every pallet statistic. I'm just, I mean, and it's it's 20, great. Twenty four years, man. It sounds, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the weirdest thing. I never envisioned one doing the business. You know, you don't see that thing, kind of thing coming. But the more I dug into it, the more it made sense. The more necessity it became. The more I was attached and tethered to these businesses. So, yeah, I have pallet eyes. I see them out of the backside of my head now, wherever I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Did did the business ever have? I mean, it 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 doesn't sound like there was. You know, here's what I'm getting at is, you know, when you think about like COVID, for example, it's mm-hmm. been a tough time for like um, restaurant owners because of COVID. Right. It doesn't sound like in the last 20 plus years, there's been any reason for there to be a scarcity of pallets for you to have a, a downturn in your business. I mean, has it just been up and up or have you? Have it's, you well, to- in, in 2006, I had one of my customers, they went out of business. Um because of the downturn. I think that was 2006. But that's when I started incorporating those other items, the, the crates and the drums and the dunnage and all that. So what ended up happening, so a customer owned, buys pallets for me, right? Well, they also need corrugated boxes. And some of them need 55-gallon drums. So you can have five customers ordering two, three different items from you. And now I've, turned, I've doubled and tripled my revenue streams right. from the same customer base. And those recurring revenue as well, because it's not just one order. They're ordering, they run out, they need more, they run out, they need more. Same on the supply side. The stacks get up, I take them away, they grow again. So it's just this revolving door of, of um, movement. And yeah, the, the, that's how I combated that downturn. But ever since the internet really took on... Um, and the way ordering is done now between business and business and the raw materials and the speed of it, it is a, they have not figured out how to beam stuff from one point to the other, like Star Trek. So until that happens or the anti-gravity machine comes into play, this is it. Yeah. Now do you ever, I mean, do you have to deal with competition at all? I mean, it doesn't sound like there's much barrier to entry. I mean, you said it yourself, you you didn't even know the pallet industry, so to speak. No. So, I mean, what's it been like in the competition game? Well, it's got a bad rep as far as individuals doing it. We have a lot of scavengers. Remember that I, I was a scavenger right in the beginning, and I was only knowing how to move that one pallet. Well, they're still out there, but they only, they're trying to get beer money, sell them to a pallet yard, some pallets, but not making a business. But you have a supplier that has four or five different styles. They only know how to get that one style. Well, I learned how to move all those different styles, so I get exclusivity for those pallets, right? Yeah. That's my trick on that aspect of it. Not only that, I'm moving their crates and their drums and their dunnage as well. So I'm tethered to them in numerous ways. And same with the the, the buyer. The buyer's issues, some large companies are going to need 48, 40 standard pallets, the kind you see behind grocery stores. That's okay. I mean, I don't want to stockpile pallets. I don't want a warehouse. I don't want the overhead. I don't want forklifts, nothing like that. So I broker some deals as far as that particular size that, that I'm talking about. And, and the pallet yards out there, if I'm a small business 
and I'm calling out the pallet yard and I'm asking for 150 pallets, they're going to say, we have a minimum order of 500. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, hitting my pocketbook for one. Plus right. they ain't got the space for it, but that's your minimum order. And I got to have them. And, oh, and by the way, um, here's our price. So they got overhead. So their prices are higher. I don't have any overhead. Right. Right. And then thirdly, there's a delivery charge of 150 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to charge that. I may, I'm getting my stuff for free. Yeah. <laughs> so in that aspect, um, those types of medium and smaller businesses that I like to deal with, at least for the movement of stuff point A to point B, and I broker the rest, I can win. Mm-hmm. And plus, there's a lot of other areas I help them out in the warehouse besides just the pallets and the other items. There's situations in a warehouse that I've learned that I can consult them with to help their business become more efficient. And I'm just because I've just been in the game as well. So I try to teach my students the same thing. So they aren't just the pallet guy, right? They're yeah. not the scavenger guy who hadn't bathed in three days <laughs> and has burned some customer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at some point in time, we want to knock their socks off. So right. I like, uh, get a bear hug from a warehouse manager. <laughs> nice now, how have you seen, I mean, has entrepreneurship changed over the last 20 years or is the game still pretty much the same? I think the way I've constructed this is I'm always trying to find a a permanent solution for nagging problems. So that's kind of been my goal and secret or or, or what I've been after. So any day I find something that either is a time sucker, right? Or it's something I don't like, it it irritates me. Um, I try to find a solution for it. I'll give you an example. This is a simple one. There's and I want a permanent solution so I never have to solve it again. So it's been a lot of layering of that to a point to where I do have even more free time and more, you know, uh, less stress in my life is what I'm really after. But an example is I, I have to write a lot of emails right now, whether it be to students or customers or this, that, and the other, and a lot of repetitiveness. So I use a little thing called text expander. I don't know if you ever heard of it, mm-hmm. but now if it's a common email, I can put a little, abbreviation and it, the whole email pops in that I've generated that I, so I have a whole library of them. So it makes my life easier. So I'm not constantly just having to type out information over and over and over again. Just, that's just one little example of something I am after to simplify my life. So as far as that's what my goal is as an entrepreneur is how do I perfect what I'm doing to a point where it lessens my stress level? Convenience is powerful and uh, efficiency is powerful, I think. And I think what's interesting is, you know, you've, you're talking about finding solutions that in hindsight seem so obvious and yet being one of the first ones to tap into that can be really lucrative and, uh, and, and empowering as a business owner. Yeah. And I think it's important as entrepreneurs because it, it gets, it's lonely sometimes as far as you, I guess the aspect, I got, I got to figure this stuff out. Right. But I've tried to surround myself in the last several years with other entrepreneurs, even listen to the podcast like your own to, to feel like I can tap into what they've been through mm-hmm. and, 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 and glean information from them as well. So that's important as well, because it gets scary at times, you know, when you take on endeavor, something new and you're having to figure it out. And, and I wish I had done that earlier. Mm. Now you're you're building a community. I mean, you have the the students who you're teaching and training. You have the YouTube channel, which I mentioned. 
uh, over 20,000 subscribers to it. Um, do you feel like, I mean, have you transitioned into a sort of, um, instructor teacher kind of entrepreneur now, or are you still, is it just one no, more side I, well, hustle I, that? Yeah. Let me, let me cover that. Now I still have my business, my pallet business. One little twist on that back in May, I, my wife wanted to get closer to our kid down here by Mobile, Alabama. We were up in Birmingham, had to move down to Mobile. Didn't have to, but happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I I had a, a guy helping me. I do my pallets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he'd do them on Fridays. Well, since we moved, I just had him take over those accounts. They're still mine. We just, I just pay him a cut, right? Yeah, right. So he, he that's passive income now. He's doing all the pickups and deliveries. So that's going on. And I'm building out more accounts down here where I've moved. Am I going to build it as big as I did up in Birmingham? No, because I do have the uh, responsibility now of I have students in 14 different countries. I had no idea that this was going to happen or blow up like it does as far as, as, as having people all over the world doing copying my little system. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's humbling and I take it very seriously to help these people out. So yes, I have to transition to some degree. Um, I'm not going to have, 15 accounts here in mobile. I'm going to have four or five. Cause I still, I got it. My wife is a professional honeydew list maker. So I still got to figure out a way to get out of the house. Yeah. As well, so sure. that's part of my motivation. Yeah. So, I mean, you said to yourself 3000, over 3000 students in 14 different countries. Um, on top of like what you're educating, do you feel like, are you having to, um, I don't want to say like undo people's perception of entrepreneurship, but a lot of times when people think about entrepreneurship, they think about like what they've seen on like Shark Tank or, right. um, you know, different, different shows like that. And it's kind of like what I alluded to at the start of, of the podcast where it has to be like a massive groundbreaking idea. Do you, right. do you have students who are, I'm assuming not only are you kind of rewiring them, but I'm, I'm assuming they're probably a bit relieved also to know like, Oh, I don't have to have, you know, the one in a million idea. I just really have to pay attention. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's funny you say that because I do have financial planners. You know, why does a financial planner want to do pallets? Because, you know, he's maybe getting squeezed out about to buy technology, real estate agents. I have truck drivers. I have teachers and nurses. This whole wide variety of, of people, they're trying to, one, they've been overworked by their corporation. So they're trying to find something more simple in, in a lot of cases, and this is attract them, or there's yeah, they're stuck in that cubicle and they want out, or they can see the writing on the raw wall in their particular field and they're wanting to move down that road. So in my process of educating that channel, the simplest biz on YouTube, I, I'm really making sure they know what to expect about this business model. So by the time they're actually students. You know, they know what the what, what the game is, what 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 I'm going to be teaching and why I'm teaching this and how it can simplify their life. They want simplification. Mm -hmm. Life's become too complicated. Right. Right. So I think it's I try to really lay that out now back to the aspect of are some people get into this as far as learning this business model and they've never been an entrepreneur before. So I am putting out either material that I'm developing or I guide them to some experts as well 
to make sure they have the right mindset of what it takes to be an entrepreneur and the expectations, you know, the moral responsibility they have to their family to be as successful as possible to create security. Right. Those types of mindsets have to be in place. And nobody, and some folks have not thought in that manner before. Mm-hmm. You know, they've worked for somebody else and they've clocked in. So, yes, that is a, um, a battle I've had to, to wage, but, you know, that's part of it. <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of our episode. Where, sure. where does this where does this go from here? I mean, is this is the Pilot King going to continue to grow and grow? The channel going to continue to grow, or do you have other aspirations you want to dabble into? Well, there's a few things on the back burner, but you know that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing as well, and especially concerning those tools that I use and, and the things I've used to simplify my life. Mm-hmm. I might stick my toe in the water as far as that goes, because you know there's a lot of people out there that are really grinding themselves in the dust. But no, my responsibility now is is for this business to keep it going, keeping my business up in Birmingham going, and it's to help as many other people that will listen to me um, understand this business model and help them get some of their freedom back, their time back, their options back. Right. And it's been a joy to do it. You know, it's been overwhelming overwhelmingly joyful to, to see that it's happened but this is my the cards i've been dealt and i'm i'm riding i'm riding with it and i want to help as many people as possible it's great well we wish you well from the good advice podcast this has been an awesome episode and just so insightful and i, I hope it's empowering for people who are listening who are have been hungry for that side hustle and realize really just how accessible it is for the people who are willing to like i said pay attention and get out there and and make it happen so thanks for coming on today absolutely blake glad you had me hey for you guys who are listening if this is your first time checking out the good advice podcast what the heck you waiting on click that subscribe button click the follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are also don't forget if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support the podcast you can do that on our patreon for as little as the price of a cup of coffee you can support the podcast and all the great guests who come on it You can find that at patreon.com slash good advice. We so appreciate your support. That's today's good advice. And we'll catch you later. See ya.